Welcome to the Financially Intelligent Physicians Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. David Norris, and together we will be discussing what they didn't, or rather oftentimes, won't teach you in medical school or residency. Now, my mission and purpose is to help you develop the practice you desire through business education. And over the course of these podcasts, we're going to cover topics such as leadership, financial intelligence, patient satisfaction, process improvement, negotiations, and many more. Today's topic is planning the love. Now, have you ever referred a friend to a a colleague and it didn't go well? Well, this happened to me last year, and and it was awkward and an embarrassing situation that taught me a few lessons about the care of patients that I thought I might share with you. Now, a friend of mine who's not a clinician, his name is Bill, and he had a health issue, and he asked me who he should see, so I recommended a a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Smith. Now, I've worked with Dr. Smith for years, and I actually hold him in high regard. He's a very good physician who seems to care about his patients. And therefore, I felt very comfortable sending Bill to see Dr. Smith uh, because, you know, I, I would choose Dr. Smith to take care of me and my loved ones. About two weeks later, I asked Bill how he was doing and uh, if he was getting any better. And Bill said, yeah, I saw Dr. Smith. Seems very bright, knows what he's doing, doing, but man... His place just cranks you out. I felt like I was at one of those really busy restaurants where the staff glares at you if you stay too long. Um, I felt like they just wanted me out the door uh, after they took my money, of course. Now, I I was stunned by this, to be perfectly honest. And so I asked Dr. Smith, um, uh, one of his partners, about this. Because Dr. Smith didn't seem that way to me when I saw him interact with patients in the OR or pre-op area. Uh, and um, maybe people change a little when they're under stress uh, and they're trying to see 30 patients in one afternoon. I, I didn't know. Um, so I, I went ahead and asked uh, doctors, one of Dr. Smith's partners about this, and, and his partner was actually quite proud of about how streamlined their processes are. They built their entire office around seeing the maximum number of patients every day. Um, and I can understand their desire to see as many patients as possible since their wait list can be four to six weeks in length, um, and they are in high demand, and they're trying to satisfy the market demand. But I I, I think they might have missed an important point. Listen very carefully. Every system is perfectly tuned to obtain the result it yields. So the question is, what's your system tuned for? You know, I, I believe that patients really want to be cared for, and I think it's important to note there's a difference between being treated and being cared for. And in today's shifting healthcare insurance coverage market, I believe patients are going to be expecting more caring than treating. You know, Bill, uh, he had an HSA with a $5,000 deductible plan. Uh, So Dr. Smith's $1,500 comes right out of Bill's pocket. And Bill even made the comment, for $1,500, I can get a lot of stuff instead of a high buy from my doctor. Now, he, he did get better. But the value he put on that was different than if it was perhaps maybe a $30 copay. And as physicians, I think we forget that the demand for health care is elastic. And people are quite price sensitive when it comes to their own personal health care. Um, and they will shift their expectations of you in accordance with the amount of cash uh, that's leaving their pocketbook. And I think that this had a really big effect on how he viewed uh, Dr. Office or uh, Dr. Smith's office, and more importantly, how he felt after using that service. So I'll say it again: 
Every system is perfectly tuned to achieve the results it yields. So um, how do we get around this? Well, I think here are some tips that you can use on designing a process that actually will meet your patient's needs and make them feel satisfied and cared for. You know, I think a lot of our patients are in Bill's situation. Their perceptions of what they're buying has shifted too. And unfortunately, many practices haven't quite yet realized this. They're still in the fee-for-service, quantity-driven mindset. And let's be honest, in our current mindset, you know, or, or model rather, we earn money from doing things, whether it's performing a procedure or counseling patients. Now, the good news is, is you can still have a process geared to high output, but leaves the patient feeling cared for. And to accomplish this, you know, we really have to plan out their emotional experience as we treat them. And you got to be deliberate in your touch points with the patient. So um, here are just a couple tips I think that are going to help you do that. Number one, diagram your process. It might take some time and effort, but the results are incredibly insightful. So sit down with your staff and draw out a map of your patient's journey through your clinic. Better yet, have a secret patient experience your clinic and provide you feedback on how they felt, what went well, what didn't go well. And with that, you can then begin to diagram out the process as your patient sees it. And then plan your pro number two is plan your processes from their viewpoint. Once you have the map of your processes, go through it uh, from the viewpoint of your patient. Are there, is there anything that seems redundant? Are there any rate limiting steps? You know, how, how can we speed up the processes to reduce the patient's wait time? When, when you do this exercise, really try to see things from the patient's point of view and not yours. But most importantly, ask yourself how they might feel at each touch point in your office as they experience your process. And then number three, plan the love. Okay, most process improvement initiatives are designed around financial or logistic goals. You know, you want to reduce costs, control waste, eliminate delay, and those are great, great goals. But there's, there, there's one important aspect I think we miss, and it's incredibly important, important in the um, uh, service industry, and that is the key aspect of how the patient feels. We almost never think about how they feel as they move through our clinic. You know, we are, we are usually focused on maximizing our productivity and getting the treatment right. And those are very important. But focusing on and planning a desired emotional response from your patient is going to become more critical in the future, I believe. So how does your patient feel when they book the appointment? How do they feel when they're being greeted and checked in? You know, what emotions do you want them to feel when they're interacting with your staff, your nurses, and even you yourself? So once you've identified how you want them to feel, you can design your system around that emotion that you want to create. And you can train your people to elicit that emotional response. It's going to take work and effort to design the feeling into your clinical practices. But, but the small stuff sometimes matters. And the very things that you and your staff should be doing are focusing sometimes on the small stuff. A warm, genuine smile, greeting them by name, taking time to listen, thanking them for coming in today. Um, the last one can be hard because we usually expect to be thanked for making them feel better. Um, but, you know, never, ever forget your patients have a choice and they chose you. So be grateful for that and show it. Now, Remember, Bill isn't alone. His experience is not an isolated one, but one that I believe is ubiquitous amongst patients. Um, I'll give you an example. My father had a similar experience when being treated for cancer. His oncologist was brash, loud, abrupt, and seemed to pop in and out of the room during the visits. 
However, my pet, my father, also knew, actually better yet, he felt and believed the entire clinic, the staff, and the physician himself really did care for him. The entire organization was aimed at helping my dad uh, get through uh, his cancer, and every action and in contact point that he had with him demonstrated that. Dad overlooked his personality, gruff exterior, and brief time because he felt and believed the oncologist truly cared for him. Some people are naturals at this and others aren't. Regardless of what you are, you should take time to plan the love. If you do this, you're going to enjoy greater patient satisfaction scores and engagement. You know, the important teaching point of today's podcast is this. You must plan the entire patient experience. Good satisfaction scores don't just happen because you're a good or smart doctor. They actually require planning. So take time to design your practice around your patient. Well, be sure to check out my books on Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble, as well as my online courses at www.davidnorrismdmba.com. I'm very happy you decided to invest in yourself. It's the best investment you will ever make. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time.